Hey, this is Ali Ballas, and I am a victim of the 2020 lockdown. All joking aside, I just want to hang, and I've heard a lot of people saying the same, and sometimes with people who I don't even know. And as we've come to realize, that is not okay during a pandemic. Even though we can't meet in person, doesn't mean we can't get outside of our bubble. This is about learning new things, stepping outside, and all while staying home. Just because we can't hang, there still can't hang. This week on Can't Hang, I speak to Siobhan Kidd, who has conquered her own journey and is now coaching others through their very own wellness journey. We speak about her trajectory from being an athlete to restrictive dieting and everything in between. Since graduating in April, amid the pandemic, Siobhan has started her coaching business and continues to grow both her following and her client list. Siobhan is truly one of the most positive people I've ever met, and I can't wait for you to hear our conversation. And now it is my privilege to introduce to you Siobhan Kidd, the Fuego Fitness Powerhouse. Okay, welcome to the podcast, Siobhan. I'm so glad to have you. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I've been looking forward to this all week. I'm so excited to talk to you. That's so exciting. I think I'm going to learn so much from this one. Not that I don't from every other episode, but um, I just have so much to learn on this. And there's always so many new things coming out that you seem to always be on top of. Um, So without further ado, let's get going. So as per usual, I'm going to start from the beginning. So um, how did you kind of get into this and and how did your growing up um your childhood kind of shape this fitness journey for you um okay so I guess for the majority of my childhood I was my parents I was lucky enough to be enrolled in a ton of different sports I did um I did kind of like not the typical like sports with balls but I did um, competitive <laughs> dance I did competitive skiing I ski raced I also did competitive sailing um and I did like soccer on the side as well but I've always kind of had a passion for um being active I guess you could say and just like having fun for me you know sports were more I didn't really I wasn't a very competitive person so I didn't like the competitive aspect of the things that I did but I loved being active and you know meeting people it was kind of all about the people to me Mm-hmm. I guess more or less. So pretty much loved all the sports that I did growing up. But then as I, you know, got more serious about school towards the end of high school, I just decided that I couldn't be committed to um, skiing, sailing and dance anymore. So I just decided grade 11, I was like, I'm done everything. I'm going to focus 100% on school so I can, you know, get into university. My goals kind of shifted. So like cold turkey quit all my sports, all my activities, and then just kind of grinded school for a while. And before I knew it, I had gained a ton of weight. I just completely stopped exercising. And up until that point, I didn't really, you know, care much about food because I, you know, I was active, so it wasn't ever really on my mind. Um, you know, how little or how much I should be eating, but you know, as time got, you know, 
as time went on, school became more stressful. I started to turn to food as kind of a void for my problems in life. Um, and then, so before I knew it, I gained a ton of weight. Um, and then that started to kind of bring in body image issues where I, a lot of, as a lot of, you know, young women do experience, I just was throughout puberty and throughout a lot of those changes, I was just super low confidence and hated my body, hated what I'd let myself do to my body. Um, and then I started to, you know, look at dieting and, you know, I was stuck in that cycle between, you know, a week of complete restriction, only eating. I remember I would only eat lettuce and hard boiled eggs. Oh my God. Yeah. For like the entire week at school, that's all I would eat for oats. I'd have like for oats for breakfast, I'd have like one package of oats. And then for dinner, I just have lettuce again. And it was, you know, I hide it from everyone. Nobody knew what I was going through. Um, but this lasted years. Um, this like restriction, I would then, you know, weekend would hit and I'd be binging, eating everything in sight. And it was just a constant struggle, binging and restricting cycle for me for like four, four years, essentially. So throughout that process, I gained, um, a ton of weight, but also a ton of health issues. I developed really, really bad gut issues. I thought I had irritable bowel syndrome. I pretty much had to cut out like there was a laundry list. I couldn't eat gluten, dairy, garlic, onion, like any type of fruit or vegetable without being an absolute agony. Like I had had the worst stomach pain and it was just, it was horrible. So my body was extremely unhealthy. I had completely abused it, you know, from restricting and binging and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So finally, like I get to university and living in residence for my first two years, like I was still struggling with this cycle of, you know, I want to crash diet and lose all this weight. And then, you know, come Friday, I'd be starving, but it was a cycle. And, you know, I'd always start again on Monday. And, you know, that was the kind of battle I was battling for, like I said, a few years. Um, And then it wasn't until second year university where I was like, you know what? I'm done with this binge restrict cycle. I'm just going to go all in. And I was dealing with a lot of personal issues at home um, and in certain um, aspects of my life. And it felt like the only thing I had control over in my life at that time was a, the food I put in my body and b what I did with my body. So because of that, I went all in and I, you know, for a period of like eight months, all throughout third year university, I just ate nothing, exercised twice a day and was able to, you know, of course I lost a ton of weight. I thought I looked amazing, but I was eating nothing. I was exercising far too much. And it just kind of brought me to the point where I was skin and bones. And, you know, I thought I worked hard for it. And, eventually I just hit a wall. And at the end of third year, I gained everything I had lost plus more back. I had gained 30 pounds in eight weeks and it was the worst. It was just because I stopped working out and I was starving myself. So I was eating everything and anything in sight. I was like, it was a disaster and nobody knew this was going on. Like I did all of this happen, like up in my little room in my student apartment or my student house. And I was just so unhappy and so depressed and my anxiety was through the roof. And, you know, it was 
it was, I thought it was like, I thought it was done. Like I thought there was no, no escaping that kind of trap that I trapped myself in. Eventually, long story short, I realized I needed help. So I started doing some research. I found a coach who I'm currently with right now. And if it wasn't for my coach, I don't know what I would have done. Um, she educated me. She supported me. She gave me everything that I was missing in my life. And she managed to coach me throughout my first contest prep for my first, um, bikini bodybuilding show, which was in November, this past November, November, 2019. Um, we have been working together since May, um, like last May, May, 2019, pretty much. Yeah. So we, I went through a competition prep competed twice in November. And then ever since then throughout that, like, six, seven month period, I just developed a passion for health, for fitness and for helping people. Um, like it truly is coming down to my coach, inspiring me to, you know, kind of do what she does and help people escape the darkness of the constant binge restrict cycle where they just lose all control in life. So pretty much that's kind of how I got to where I am today. Well, that is a crazy story, but it sounds like from, I mean, I've been following you for quite a while now and it sounds like you're kind of helping um, others to realize this journey and realize this in themselves. Um, So kudos for that. Um, But I mean, has COVID and like the lockdowns and not being able to go to um, traditional gyms or, or things like that, impacted your experience, uh, training with your trainer or has it made it different in a better or worse way? So actually in all honesty, um, you know, at first I was, you know, obviously like, holy shoot, what am I going to do without the gym? The gym was my outlet. The gym was my happy place, like all that. Mm -hmm. Um, but because my coach, she coaches me, it's all online. So everything she does with me is she provides me with customized nutrition and fitness programming that I take and I do it on my own. So she just tailored all of my training to at home workouts for the entirety of COVID and the lockdown. I only was working out with a like a few um, resistance bands, <laughs> no weights or anything, but because fitness and working out is like I, I refer to it as something I do, not something I have to do. It's just so engraved into my life that yes, it sucked that I couldn't go to the gym, but I still got in my workouts. Like that, that, that was no excuse for me not, you know, being consistent with my workouts because it's a part of my life. It's a part of my lifestyle. It's like I said, working out is something I do, not something I, you know, I have to do or something that I should do. It's just, you know, it was unfortunate, but with her being able to tailor my program to at home workouts and just simply because I love working out, I was able to be consistent and continue to make progress um, from working out at home. Yeah, of course. And I think that's something that even myself, not a dedicated gym um, fitness person, um, has come to realize that when I was stuck at home, I'm not really an at-home workout type of person. And, And now I think 
every day that I'm like, Oh, I don't know if I want to go tonight. I'm not sure. Like, uh, maybe I'll just cancel. I'm like, Oh my God, what if it locks down again? And like, this is something I get to do. So it's not something I'm forcing myself to do. Like I get to go to the gym. So look like maybe we're going into a second wave, I guess, who knows, but, um, Mm -hmm. God forbid that happens, but, Uh, I want to make sure that we can get in while we can, right? So I think a lot of people just like me have changed their perspective on what the gym really is. And I mean, you're paying enough for it. So um, (laughs) so it should be a privilege. (laughs) No, exactly. It's it's hard because you don't know what you have until it's gone. And then... You don't know how long it's going to be gone for. Yeah, no kidding. So I guess um, looping back to your journey, um, myself as an athlete until university as well, um, around the same time frame, I stopped playing hockey um, and doing other sports. And it was something that I just didn't even realize, like, oh my gosh, I'm eating this much. And it's fine because I'm on the ice X amount of hours and we're doing dry land and we're doing this and that. And, oh, wait, I'm still eating the same amount and I'm not doing anything. Um, So that was a big change for me as well. So it's just insane, like how all these different people can grapple with that. So I guess moving on um, in terms of education, as you talked about, that was kind of a motivating factor in that you kind of collapsing your sport life. Um, so can you just tell me a bit about your education? I know, um, you've had a bit of a different experience with that. Um, so how has it sort of shaped your path forward after graduating in April as I did as well? Okay. So yeah, this is a bit interesting. So (laughs) literally my whole childhood growing up, I knew I wanted to go to Western. I knew I wanted to go to Ivy business school. Like my mom went there my older cousin went there. It was just, I always had my eyes on it and I never really knew what business school really was. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I just knew my goal was to get into Ivy. So come time to apply to university, like I was able to get in and I got to Ivy and I don't want to say I hated it, but it was a very very tough experience for me. I loved the people and thank gosh that I was surrounded by such incredible people because I really, really struggled, especially in third year of third year university. First year of Ivy was when, you know, my anxiety was the worst it's ever been. And, you know, daily panic attacks. It was just, I couldn't I couldn't do it. I don't know if it was the learning style or the stuff we were learning, but I wasn't passionate about it. And I knew I was not on the right path. So I ended up getting an internship in an office job, um, summer of third year, again, loved the people, but I couldn't, I couldn't sit in an office all day long. I was just, I was going crazy. And I knew the conventional route, you know, everyone at, at Ivy, everyone, you know, typically wants to find that, really high paying, like thought or established and yeah, like the traditional jobs. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what everyone was, you know, going for. And I was like, what am I doing here? I don't belong here. Like, I don't want to do this. So that was a huge kind of struggle for me for, um, while I was at Ivy, but then as I started to develop a passion for fitness and for helping others, and I realized what I'm most passionate about is, you know, living a healthy, happy life. And I realized that I can take what I've learned at Ivy and put that towards, you know, creating my own business. So 
with that mindset shift, I ended up actually loving my last year of Ivy because I started to take all the courses I wanted to take. I was, I knew I wouldn't have to go through the recruiting process because I knew I was going to be starting my own business. And it just, that shift allowed me to really embrace, um, my final year at Ivy. So upon graduating, I, immediately came home from school and launched my business. I took on my first few clients. And since then I have like, since the end of March, I have not stopped working and I've been like, just been working with my clients, building my business, building my brand and the rest is history. But I mean, looking back, I didn't think Ivy was going to serve me well. I thought it was in the wrong place, but all in all, I'm so grateful because I truly did learn so much more than I thought. And I am applying so much of it without even realizing. So yeah, you really haven't stopped. <laughs> I mean, I can attest yeah. to that. You're <laughs> always just on and I just admire that so much. Um, but I guess that's something that for all of us, like no matter where you are, there's something that you can find good in it and take the good things away from it and kind of maybe just alter your perspective on what you're getting. And, and you know what, like not everything is going to be perfect, but take away what you can from the situation. Of course. And I think it, it's all about your mindset. I'm very much a person that preaches how important your mindset is. So, you know, you can't change the situation, but I really think with a few tweaks in your mindset and focusing on how you react to the situation is how you're going to be able to move forwards in life because you're not going to always have the best situation, but you can always move forwards if you're willing to shift your mindset and, you know, take what you want and make the best out of the current situation. Okay. So speaking of mindset, um, this is something that I struggle with immensely. Um, but I know I'm not the only one. Um, so what do you say about, or to people who can't stay motivated towards their goals? They have these goals, um, whether it be fitness, I guess, specifically for you, but, um, in general, they love to get started, um, but just can't seem to stick with it. So yes, I like what you said, but when you are motivated, that's what's going to get you started because when you're motivated, you're ready to go and that's great. But I truly believe it doesn't come down to motivation because if you ask me, I am never motivated. Never do I like, okay, never (laughs) is not the right word, but more often than not, I'm not feeling motivated. And the reason why people are successful in life and people move forwards in life is because they're disciplined. And I, I think it's all about being disciplined and not being motivated. I mean, there's a quote, it's like motivation gets you started. Habits keep you going. Um, I think motivation is a lot of time. People are just spending so much effort trying to find the motivation to do X, Y, and Z. They're looking for the right answer. They're looking for the, you know, the person to tell them to do this, whatever it is, but motivation comes after action. In my opinion. I mean, I think in personally, you are going to be your best source of motivation. You just have to start regardless of how you're feeling, regardless of whether you're motivated or not, you've got to be putting in the work and working towards your goals every single day. Because if we only work towards our goals, when you're motivated, nobody would get anywhere in life. So I really Mm -hmm. I like to preach it's, you know, discipline over motivation and you got to really 
when you are motivated, that's when you got to take the first step and start to build those habits and build those routines to put the systems in place in your life that will allow you to be disciplined when you're not motivated. So in saying that, how, what are your best tips to stay disciplined then? Okay. I love (laughs) So I think the biggest one is having a deep and meaningful why. And what I mean by that is what is your reason for wanting to achieve your goal? If it's not meaningful enough for you to figure out how you're going to achieve it, you're simply not going to achieve it. So Mm -hmm. I think the first step is sitting down with yourself and asking yourself, why do I want to achieve X? What is that going to, you know, achieve for me? How does that make me feel? Developing an emotional connection to your end goal is what's going to get you out of bed when you want to press the snooze alarm. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's really important that you're intrinsically motivated to achieve your goal. And it's not an external force pushing you towards that goal. Um, So with that being said, once you have your meaningful why, I think you really got to figure out how, like what the steps are that you need to, you know, follow in order to achieve your goal. And that comes with creating habits. So doing things every single day that will take you one step closer to your goal. So if you're trying to live a healthier life. Maybe that means getting up at the same time every day, going to bed at the same time every day, going to the gym at the same time every day and eating your meals at the same time of the day, but making habits that you can build a routine out of. So you don't have to even think about it and they just become non-negotiables. So for me, my non-negotiables, for example, are drink a gallon of water per day, eat five to six servings of vegetables per day, get eight hours of sleep and move my body for 30 to 60 minutes. Like those are non-negotiables that at once were things that I had on my to-do list, but now they're simply things that I do regardless of how I'm feeling because I've built these habits and they're just, they're part of my routine. Mm -hmm. Okay. So as someone who is like, whose liver is probably just shriveling up and like (laughs) kidneys are probably just screaming for help. I just can't drink enough water. Do you have any tips on that? I know I'm not alone on this, but yeah. So, um, a lot of the time people just struggle with waters because they, a, maybe they don't like the taste of it. B it's, you know, just boring. I don't know. Yeah. So what I I like to say is start drinking water as soon as you wake up in the morning and don't leave it all until the end of the day. So always having a water bottle with you with a straw, because I can, I'll tell you right now, if you have a straw in your water bottle, you will sit there and sip it and it will be done in no time. So Mm -hmm. having that water bottle with you, setting alarms in your phone, you can also download water tracking apps that will literally remind you every half hour to an hour to drink flavoring your water. People don't think that they can flavor your water. There's tons of like water flavorings out there. I know crystal light Mio, um, also flavoring it naturally with like fruits, lemon, some people like coconut or Coke, sorry, cucumber, um, mint. Like there's also, um, carbonated beverages. I would count a carbonated beverage as part of my like carbonated water. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Um, what else? Oh this yeah. Is I something also- I've heard that carbonated water sometimes is like controversial. Like, does it count as your water? I, water? To- I totally do. Like okay. I, I, I mean, 
there's nothing else in it other than water and air. Yes, so this is my got- thinking. That's what I thought. I think totally. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so I guess with that, um, speaking about your habits and, and how you stay on track and your non-negotiables, um, walk me through a day. Like, like when you wake up in the morning till the time you go to bed, um, okay. what do you do? So I literally do the exact same thing every single day. I thrive off of routines. So what I tell you is like a pretty much exactly what I do every single day. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) Pretty much every single day I wake up at 5am and I've been getting up at people might think that's insane, but Mm -hmm. for me, I am an early bird. I am the most productive in the, like before anyone else gets up. So I have been getting up at 5am for like the past few years now. So I'm up at 5am and immediately I spend 30 minutes to an hour doing my morning routine. And I think my morning routine is absolutely crucial in order to set me up for success for that day. This is something I do. It's like 30 minutes to an hour long where I completely focus on myself and my morning routine consists of me waking up. I go to water my plants because I love them. (laughs) I have a garden, a vegetable garden. I then make some tea um, because like, like tea, I'm obsessed with tea. It's, it's what gets me out of bed. Me too. I love it. (laughs) I'm obsessed. How I, how I get so much water in. Um, um, I then do a 15 to 10 to 15 minute um, guided meditation. I spend at least 10 minutes gratitude journaling. And then I read 10 pages minimum of a nonfiction book. And then from there, I will then transition into my work. Uh, and up until I finish my morning routine, I don't touch my phone. I don't touch my computer. This oh, wow. is like completely, I think the first 30 minutes of your day truly sets the tone for your entire day. So that's something I, I, preach for myself. It's something I get my clients to do. It's really important to me that I have the first, at least 30 minutes to an hour, um, just for me. So come 6am, I then do some like, you know, checking up on my clients. I do some emails. I respond to like Instagram DMS, Facebook messages, um, Instagram comments, et cetera, do some light work, um, just to get kind of a head start on my work. Then around like six 37, I'll eat, um, breakfast. I like eating breakfast is another super important, um, thing for me. I mean, I can talk about that more afterwards, but mm-hmm. I, I personally eat my first meal within like an hour to an hour and a half of waking up from there. I then go into my content creation. So I find I'm most creative in the morning. So, um, I'll do some Facebook content creation. I'll do some Instagram content. Um, and then I'll go into more, um, you know, interactions. So I'll do some, you know, DM outreach. I'll, you know, do some more like commenting on other people's photos, um, and all that kind of thing that takes, um, a large amount of my time. Cause a lot of my lead generation, my client lead generation comes from interacting with others on social media. So that's something I really, um, make, like, make sure I invest my time in. Um, and then my next meal is usually around like 10 AM, um, is where I'll like make my next meal. And then I'll do some like client check-ins where I'll actually like check in with my clients to make sure they're on the right track, make any necessary changes to their plans. Um, around like 11 o'clock is when I start to schedule like my potential client calls. So if I have any, um, you know, potential client lead calls, I'll have the sales calls, um, in like 
you know, the later half of the morning. Um, if my clients have scheduled any calls with me, I'll take my client calls in the, in the late morning. And then, um, 1 PM lunchtime, I'll have my pre-workout meal. I'll do some, do some more like stuff on social media. I'm always on social media because a lot of my job is, you know, running my social media accounts. Of course. Um, Yeah. So that is that. And then around 2 PM before I go to the gym, I like to go for like a long walk. A lot of the time my mom will join me. I'll go for like a 30 to 40 minute walk. Um, 3 PM. I have been working out in the afternoons recently. So this is like more of a newer schedule for me, but my workouts usually from three to five, I'm at the gym. I then have my dinner slash like post-workout meal. Um, And then my later half of the night is spent, you know, creating client plans. So any new clients that I have or any, um, you know, changes or new, like new workout plans that I'm making or whatever it is, all my client work, um, like heavy client work I do after the gym. and then 7.30 is like 7.30, 8 o'clock. I try to cut my night off then, um, have my last meal. And then I just like turn all my phone off. I like to like cut all my work off. So I put my phone away. I watch Netflix, whatever it is, have a bath, whatever I feel like it. And then around 9 p.m. is when I actually start to get ready for bed. And then like my morning routine, I have a very strict nightly routine. So my phone is off by nine. I like to clean everything. I'm like kind of a neat freak. So I clean my condo. I have a very, uh, a very detailed skincare routine. I like brush my teeth, obviously. And then what I do every night that sets me up for success for the following day is I plan out and schedule my day for the next day. So I know exactly what I'm doing at every single hour. And then I know when I wake up the next morning, I know exactly what needs to be done that day. After I've done some planning, I'll read for a little bit. And then by 10 PM I'm asleep. And then I do it all again the next day. Oh my God. That is just like, I wish I had a routine like that. I, um, I can, I can barely get out the door in the morning. So it's honestly a blessing and like, it's a blessing and a curse because it's nice to have a routine, but I kind of collapse when my routine isn't there. Like I, it's one of my biggest flaws is that I need a routine to function. And then when I get thrown off, like thrown out of my routine, it's, it's no good. So that's something I'm working on, but I guess it all comes down to just having a balance and being flexible with your routine. Yeah, exactly. That's something I need to, we need to sort of meet in the middle on that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, um, in saying that I used to do something called intermittent fasting. Um, I found it gave me a lot of hormonal problems, but, uh, for a lot of people, it's been really successful for them in like weight loss in overall, um, digestion, uh, things like that. So can you just kind of give us a quick description about that and kind of just go through the health benefits and whether you recommend it, as, like your personal opinion? Oh, for sure. I get a lot of questions on intermittent fasting too. So pretty much for those that don't know, but intermittent fasting is, it's a way of eating where you go through various, uh, it's a meal timing schedule essentially. So you cycle between voluntary fasting periods and then non-fasting periods. So when you would eat and it all happens over like a given period of time. There's multiple ways of intermittent fasting, but it's essentially like a restricted eating schedule. Um, that would, the most common one I believe is an eight hour window of 
eating and then a 16 hour window of fasting. Yeah. So that's what I did. So it was like, I think I ate from noon to 8 PM and then, um, nothing from 8 PM until noon the next day. Um, okay. That's but, what a lot of people feel like do. Yeah. I think that's the most common, but so what would be the health benefits of doing this? So, um, there are a ton of health benefits that I can like list off for you. So pretty much, um, let me just think of a lot of people do it because it's, it's known to boost your like brain and cognitive function. So people find that they're, you know, better brain power if they're following an intermittent fasting schedule, Mm -hmm. um, can definitely help with digestion because it gives your body a longer amount of time to digest the food before you're eating it again. It's also been proven to like improve your heart health, um, immune system benefits. Um, it can also be good with reducing inflammation, which is something I personally struggle with. I have a lot of inflammation in my body, but Mm -hmm. I think there have been tons of studies to prove these benefits, but, um, what a lot of people I find, you know, the misconception is that intermittent fasting equals weight loss. Mm -hmm. And that is the kind of misconception that I want to address because, you know, when it comes to weight loss, it's all about energy balance, calories in versus calories out. No, you know, no schedule of eating is going to be the answer to your, you know, weight loss goals. It all comes down to if you're burning more calories than you consume over an extended period of time, Mm -hmm. like over the course of the entire week, then you will lose weight. But simply turning to intermittent fasting as the solution to, you know, your weight loss is not, you know, it's not correct. So it is a tool. I definitely would say that intermittent fasting, intermittent fasting is a tool for weight loss because it gives you a restricting um, feeding period. So if that feeding period, that eight hour period allows you to consume less calories and it helps you achieve the calorie deficit, then that's amazing. And it it is definitely a tool. Um, But I just want to say like a lot of people assume I'm an intermittent fasting. I'm automatically in a deficit. That's not true. It all comes down to the actual value of calories that you're consuming versus the amount of calories that you're burning. Yeah, of course. Okay. I think that's something that I've heard a lot, um, as like a weight loss technique. And, and I think it's apparent that it's not, but for some people, they still are, um, heavy into the trends of, um, weight loss. So something else that a lot of people, um, misconceptualize um is supplements so if i'm someone who doesn't have um a ton of money to spend uh extra a month but i want to try supplements um in my diet then is this something you would recommend like let's say i had 50 dollars extra a month to spend um what would you recommend so um it definitely when someone asks me like what supplements would you recommend i my first immediate answer is what are your goals because it's going to be my recommendation would be different according to whatever your goals may be but the fact of the matter is supplements are not necessary and they are like the name suggests they're going to supplement your life in the sense that if you already have a well-established nutrition and fitness plan then I would say, let's look at supplements. But until then, 
the most important factors in your success with your fitness journey are going to be having a you know, an adequate nutrition and exercise plan that is customized to you and your goals. You know, it's going to be a waste of money if you don't have, you know, if you're not following a proper nutrition and um, exercise program, if you're not doing that and you've decided to invest in supplements, you're going to be wasting your money because Mm -hmm. supplements are going to fill the gaps in a well-established nutrition plan. And of course, they're going to make it easier to reach your goals. But ultimately, I always recommend if you're just starting out, focus on your nutrition. And then once you've identified the gaps that you're unable to fill with whole foods, for example, you're not able to get in enough protein, then I would say, let's look at a protein powder. But until then, I really, really preach using whole foods as you know, a way to get in your nutrients. And then once you realize that's not possible, then look into supplements. Okay. So the last thing I'm going to touch on here, um, is tracking macros. I, this is something I really don't know a lot about. I've heard, um, the kind of buzzword, I guess a lot, um, in a lot of like the influencers that I follow. Um, but I just can't wrap my head around it. Can you just give me a quick explanation on what the lowdown is? (laughs) Yes. So pretty much, um, Tracking macros is a completely customized approach to nutrition because every single person's nutrition needs and macronutrient needs are different. So macronutrients, there are three main ones, carbs, carbohydrates, protein, and fats. And the body needs all three of those macronutrients um, in various amounts and tracking macros is as it sounds, you simply track your intake, your food intake, but instead of focusing on the total calories, you focus on the macronutrients that the foods contain. So there's a ton of reasons why I um, think tracking macros is, you know, the superior approach to nutrition. Um, But number one ultimately is it's a way to allow you to flexibly diet. You can eat the foods you love and still make progress. There's no need to be cutting out your favorite foods, cutting out certain food groups. Food is food and the body needs all of the macronutrients in order to thrive. So, you know, tracking your macros allows you to learn how to fuel your body properly because your macros are customized to you and your body need you and your body's needs. Um, Like I said, the focus isn't on calories. The focus is on giving your body what it needs instead of restricting your body. So because the macros that you would follow are completely customized and specific to your body, you actually see way better results than following one of those one size fits all diets because there are no good foods and there are no good no bad foods, no foods are off limits. You get to eat what you want. You get to learn about the foods that you thrive off of, learn about the foods that your body likes. And it's ultimately an approach to nutrition that allows you to be flexible. It allows you to live your life and it allows you to learn and educate yourself because, you know, the second you have to focus on, you know, only eat this, don't eat that, etc. That's just going to lead you down a path of developing an unhealthy relationship with food. And the fact of the matter is eating is an emotional experience. And if you don't love the foods you eat, you're not going to stick to your nutrition. And if you're not going to stick to your nutrition, you're not going to stick to your goals. 
Oh my God. Okay. So that sounds perfect for me. I can't wait to learn more. <laughs> I'll be calling you ASAP. Um, okay. So that kind of wraps up the main section. I'm going to finish as I normally do with our rapid fire questions. Um, so Siobhan didn't get these in advance. So everything she says will be completely genuine. I hope. Okay. Don't be nervous. Um, they're not hard. Okay. So um, the classic because we talk about being outside of our bubble. Um, if you could hang or like quarantine with any five people, who would it be? They can be famous. They can be family. They can be friends. They can be whoever you want to be, but you only get five. Oh my heavens. This um, is like the dream dinner guest thing, but like quarantine I, style. This is so hard. Honestly, like the one that came, like I have five roommates from university and I like my first answer would be the five of them just because that's so I swear, cute. I swear like as soon as quarantine hit at the end of like March when we were all like forced to like quarantine, mm -hmm. those were the most fun two weeks of my life just being with my roommates 24 seven. And I made me realize we didn't get to spend enough time together over the course of the two years living together. So I wish I could go back to those two weeks and relive that, but oh, that's exactly so wholesome. I'm going to say my roommates, like that's that all is, I can think of right now. That's so nice. and so wholesome. Wow. You love them. Um, <laughs> okay. So next question, what is your favorite book that you've recently read? Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. This is going to sound dumb, but I actually have an issue where I don't know the names of the books that I read. Okay. Okay. Um, so let me just think it's one. Okay. So I, I read both fiction and nonfiction. So okay. which one do you want me to tell you? Um, I feel like... I feel like you read more nonfiction, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I give me a nonfiction. Okay. So, well, the one that I just finished recently is probably the one that I, I literally finished this in like a couple days, but can't hurt me by David Goggins. I don't know if you've heard about him. Okay, no, I haven't. Oh my gosh. He is I, like, I don't even have words to describe, but he is pretty much like, like the definition of mind over body like he has accomplished the unthinkable in terms of you know physical challenges and I mean I can't even speak about him because like I won't I don't even know where to start but look him up David okay. Goggins okay. and like oh it gives me shivers just thinking about him and Okay, I'll put all and make sure to post that too, so all of our listeners can um, catch his books and see what Perfect. he's all about. He sounds like a great, great guy. Um, <laughs> next question: um, What is something you'll stock up on in the future if there is a second wave? Oh gosh. Um, okay, spray butter. I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but spray butter is the most brilliant invention. Like and the only like, is that what you're talking about? No, 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 no. It's different. <laughs> it's, it's, it's called like, um, 
it's a, pretty much you can only get it in the states. You can't get it in Canada. Okay. It's not Pam. It's pretty much zero calorie butter that sprays out of a bottle. Similar concept to Pam and like cooking spray, but okay. you don't cook with it. Like I would put it on like bread, bagels, rice cakes, put it on top of vegetables. And it is the best invention. And I've been craving it ever since we've gone into lockdown. And of course the borders are closed, so I can't go get my spray butter, but I dream about it every night. And I just want to have it in Canada. And I'm like, how how do we not have this? All right. We got to get some importers on this. (laughs) I know. Like I'll import it myself. (laughs) Get on it. Get on it. I need to try it now. It sounds so good. Okay. Um, Wow. No. That's something I'm going to crave. Um, Okay. So what has, uh, there's been a lot of bad things that have come out of this lockdown and um, the current economy and all that, but what has been your favorite good outcome of the quarantine and lockdown and all that? So definitely my business. I think if we didn't have the quarantine and I wasn't forced to sit in my room and work on my business for six months straight, I wouldn't be where I am today. It was like unfortunate that this is the circumstances, but I'm grateful because I've been able to dedicate every single day for the past six months to growing and building a business that, you know, I've, you know, almost quit so many times because this is the hardest thing I've ever had to do. And, you know, living alone, working by myself. I've spent a lot of time alone, but I'm just so grateful that I've had the opportunity to dedicate my 100% effort to building and growing my business, that it is a blessing and a blessing in disguise. I think I want to say is being able to actually being forced to work on my business as much as I have because we've been in quarantine. Amazing. Okay. And last question. Um, What do you want to say? Like one sentence you'd want to say to someone looking to start their wellness journey um, as not a motivation, as something to get them going? Um, Wow. One thing. Holy smokes. Like a quote or like just something that will like inspire them to start their journey, just like you started yours or like something maybe someone um, told you when you were starting. Well, something that I, this kind of applies to my life, but also to a big one that I kind of preach is one of my really close friends said this to me when I was just having a really bad day and, you know, wanted to quit everything. And she said to me, you probably have heard me say this before, but one slay at a time. (laughs) And I use the word slay is a very meaningful word to me. And I wrote a post about it on my Instagram the other day, but you know, one slay at a time is just letting you know that just take it one day at a time. Not every day is going to be perfect. Not every meal is going to be perfect. Not every workout is going to be perfect, but it's not about being perfect. It's about being consistent and enjoying the process and trusting the process and just doing your best every single day and remembering that you're doing this for you. No one's forcing you to live a healthier life. No one's forcing you to go to the gym. No one's forcing you to work out. 
Like you're doing this for you and just freaking take it one sleigh at a time. Oh, I love that. I love that. That's so cool. And I feel like that's just like the epitome of your whole brand, which I already love. And you know that I'm always um, (laughs) responding, being like, oh my God, I can't get over this or whatnot. So um, that's so great. I'm so glad you were able to join me. I think everyone is going to love it. Um, So thank you so much. And everyone, you can follow her on Instagram. You can follow her journey at Siobhan Kid. Um, and I will repost that so you have all of her information. Um, so I guess, thanks, Siobhan. Thank you so much. It was so fun to talk to you. Oh, I really appreciate you inviting me. Awesome. Okay, so bye, everyone, and take care. I'm Alia Ballas, and you have been listening to Can't Hang. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you loved today's show, please subscribe and don't forget to leave a rating and a review. Visit canhang.simplecast.com to check out all the incredible people I've interviewed and who's coming soon. Much love goes out to all those who have been posting about Can't Hang on social. Please tag me in your posts at Can't Hang Pod, and please continue to send me suggestions of who you'd love to see in future episodes. I have an incredible lineup, but I'm always looking for people outside my bubble. Please tune in next Thursday and hang with me and my next guest. This show is produced by me, Alia Ballas, and the music was created by Quan. Thank you.